0: Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons
1: podcast. I'm your host, Greg Tito. I'm joined by my co-host, Trevor Kid. What's up, Trav? Not much. How you been? Rocking? I miss I miss the last couple podcasts, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you're back too, because we missed your uh, your rock and roll voice. That's wow. That's the first time I've heard that. Actually, <laughs> that's 100 percent a lie. It's like an a-
0: <laughs> it's Axl Rose crossed with uh, who? Who? Who Ryan? Who does, who does he remind you of? Barry White. Barry, Barry White. Man.
1: Uh, so that's a really weird combination. It is a good combo, though. Yeah, like are oh, we talking like Sassy. over overweight Axel Rose, like retired? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, okay, because yeah. that matches. Okay,
0: the Barry White. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, I'm down. That makes sense. <laughs> it's good. We got two other rock stars coming on the podcast. We today. do. We have Mark Humes. Yes, Mr. Humes. And uh, Kim Richards, to uh, the DM and the player for the Yogscast's. Uh, awesome D and D show called High Rollers. Yes, they've been doing it for a few months. It's gotten a lot of steam, uh, and uh, uh, we're excited to
1: learn more about it. They're blowing up my Twitter mentions. Yeah, and by my my Twitter mentions, I mean the Wizards D and D Twitter mentions. I'm like, oh look, they're talking more. They're giving stuff away, and yes. everybody wants to let us know. <laughs> and they're saying awesome stuff about Dungeons and Dragons, which yes. is always good. Yes, no, it's an it's, it's an awesome podcast. I've only I've only listened to tiny bit of
0: one. Well, it's a video. It's a video stream.
1: Then why have I only listened to audio? I need to find this video.
0: Yes. Well, we, uh, we you can listen to it in audio form. Most people do. I think that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to talking to them, we've got a few uh, awesome announcements. I'm just going to say awesome Oh yeah. all over. Oh,
1: yeah. We do have our awesome episodes. Yeah.
0: This one might be one of them. PAX East has just happened. Uh, yes. And we had a fun game with Acquisitions Incorporated. You guys got to see all of the... DMs do other stuff. Yes, it was yes. it was a different show. It was pretty awesome. Um, and as part of the announcements over that weekend, uh, we got a really cool show that we want you guys to tune into on June first at four p.m. Pacific time. Yes, we're going to be doing a show at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles with some very very awesome comedians uh, who you may have seen in a show called Silicon Valley on
1: HBO. It's kind of a big deal. Yes. I don't know if you. I mean, this is if you're if you're not going to miss. One thing that happens in June. that should be that thing.
0: Yeah, it's June first, so you can get out of the way. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and then like, well, the rest of the month's gonna be a letdown. Let's be clear here. It's true. You, nothing else is gonna compete with this. I mean, there's E3, get all your hopes up. There's, there's as my high birthday. Yes, it. yeah, true. Father's Day. Forget None of those all things that. matter. Forget all None that. None of those things matter. It's June first D and D event. Yes. Four is the p.m. Theme. Watch it.
0: It's gonna be amazing. Uh, there's uh, real, real Hollywood stars playing Dungeons and Dragons on the Meltdown Comic Stage. Uh, I've been there a couple times before, and it's and it's amazing. You get to Jilly. see so many, Jilly. so much great talent. Yeah, uh, and then playing Dungeons and Dragons it's, together. There's going to be a lot of comedy and things going on.
1: It's going to be sweet. So you go from basically you're going from Live Game at PAX East with your awesome, lovely acquisition sync crew. And by the way, you can pick up the adventures played there on the DM's Guild if you want to go do that right yeah, now. Go we'll do that. The adventures that a- who, R- who, who did a lot of work on that. Uh, well, Mike Krahulik and and Patrick Rothfuss made them, and then I did some work on that. A very small amount of work. <laughs> very small amount of work. And yeah. then the, the the team polished them up a little bit before we got them up on the site. So. That's awesome! I can't wait yes. for people to but, uh, to delve into those and play them in their home game. They're fun. They're fun. They're, they're like you know they're a little bit more more notes than your average adventure is, but they're they were really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, June first event. Yeah. is gonna be is gonna be huge. Right. So go, yeah. Right.
0: To continue your train of thought, going from the live show at Acquisitions Inc. to another a uh, live show on June first. Uh, yes. And possibly even more live show things happening yes. in the very near future after yes. June first.
1: After that, the closest thing, next thing that I have after that is D and D at Origins. Oh yeah, which is oh man, middle of 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 June. I think it's like June fourteenth or fifteenth. Don't hate me. Yeah, I've got like four. It's four in Columbus, in my head right Ohio. Now. It, right. it is in or- the
0: Columbus Origins Game Fair. Uh, they got you guys got a lot of great stuff. It's actually up on the website right now. You yes. can see all the. Uh, stuff we have planned for that—a uh, lot of OP, uh, Adventurers League stuff, um, a, a lot of good swag that I've been working on getting out yes. to you guys.
1: Seriously, if you if you are going to Origins, you have to stop by the d area and get the get the the swag items. Yes, you, you will you will love it.
0: I'm just gonna say it's a really big bag. You can hold stuff in it. It it's, may even be. It's a really big bag. A bag of holding. But it's not really.
1: Yeah, it's not actually a bag of holding. But you could
0: pretend by putting all the stuff that you want into it.
1: We actually haven't figured out how to do extra, min- extra dimensional spaces without killing the interns. Well,
0: so. that's part of my presidential platform. <laughs> is to uh, get DARPA to release uh, all of their technology. Did you see that?
1: <laughs> no, sorry. We, this, I'm, this is I'm, not, I'm both coughing and laughing. I'm trying to not do it in the mic, everybody. If you want to know, I'm this dying is, over here.
0: This is, we don't talk about politics too often. This isn't even really about politics, but it's about a guy uh, who is running for president, and his three like uh, platforms were uh, DARPA to release its time travel uh, <laughs> technology, save the Sasquatch, uh, and, and, and something else very far fetched. He's running, and like, I want to vote for that guy.
1: These are like these are like Cthulhu. Games, yeah, is what you're talking <laughs> about here. Yeah. This is, some, this is some agent stuff going on. I
0: want that president, uh, and uh, I think it's gonna work. I yeah, think it's gonna totally work. I'm totally gonna change my vote. All right, so uh, we'll we we are talking to two folks from the UK, in uh, these these, and we'll ask them all about politics as soon as they get on.
1: Yeah, they're they're gonna get on on here, and you're gonna realize that our American ac- accents are lame. So let's be clear, well, that's true. <laughs> we're gonna be like, they're oh. gonna immediately be more. We wish uh, we
0: were we wish we were all British. Mysterious. Uh, let's let's get them on because I really want to talk about uh, the Kingsman, which I saw. Last oh, <laughs>
2: Yes, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the topic
0: the important that we're going to tackle. All right, let's give him a call. Hello. 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 Hello.
3: How's everyone doing?
0: Good. Good. How are you doing?
3: All righty then. Like, I'm normally in bed by now, so this is unusual for me to be up so late. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yeah, we were just realizing, was,
0: oh, yeah, it's 11 p.m. for these guys.
2: In- <laughs> yeah, we're, me and Kim are both quite uh, early to bedders, so we were kind of yeah, saying, like, yeah. oh, I hope we can do yeah. this at 11 rather than Grumpy midnight. old
0: people. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited that you guys were able to stay up, though. Yes. Uh, no. And, and uh, be, you know, those 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 crazy gamers who stay up all night long playing as long as you can with your Stardew Valleys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling them, uh, Kim, that you were in the middle oh, of playing. Oh, no, when- you told them. <laughs> 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 like, I'm-
3: I was trying to keep that quiet I quit I quit out though just in time. So <laughs> well good was, like, for, for I'm full being professional
1: <laughs> <laughs> as long as we hear like little stardew valley sounds in the background while we're talking with her uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you're like oh <laughs> no I'm my like, crap
3: can't join you I'm just milking my goat right
0: now <laughs> <laughs> you know what I just figured out you have to pet your animals every day I didn't know yeah. that yep well, oh, yeah, you have have gotta make them, them happy. Yeah, I did. I thought I was giving them all the food they wanted, and I was like, why am I only getting like one egg or you know one <laughs> thing of milk?
2: <laughs>
1: you need to love your animals. You need to love your animals. Yeah, your dog doesn't care. Every day.
0: No, your dog. You got. So you got a dog? I got a dog. Yeah, I, got a dog. <laughs> I got a cat. I got a cat too. What about you, Mark?
2: Dog. Dog all the way. Oh
0: wow,
1: we're dog split. Person. We're split on the nice. dogs versus cats. If you're gonna move out to the country and have a big farm, gotta have a dog. Exactly. I guess that's that's true. exactly mm-hmm. it.
2: So
0: yeah, this is the Stardew, Stardew Valley, Valley podcast. right? Awesome. That's what we're here for. Yeah, this is the
1: Stardew Valley cast. <laughs> yeah. <play> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you everybody for joining us <laughs> for the Stardew Valley, <laughs> Valley podcast.
0: <laughs> well, that guy, the guy who made the game is actually local in Seattle, and uh, I've been meaning to, to to reach out to him just to be like, hey, you're awesome. High fives all around. All right, all and right. then be like, do you play
1: <laughs> D and You want to be on the D podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just have him on the But po- he probably does. He's got to. Probably does. All right. Yeah. The, the great thing about this is that. This is a recording, so we can cut whatever we want. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like we should keep all of the Stardew stuff. Oh,
0: yeah, because it's, it's an indie game. It's, mm, mm. it's,
1: it's a great game. It's got leveling it's and so experience. It's so hot right now. It is so it's hot right now. now.
0: It's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Since, since you were playing, and I mentioned it earlier, I, I've basically been playing in all my free time since Friday. Yeah, so. really? <laughs> yeah.
0: You're like 48. Oh, no, God, it's like 36 hours in, nonstop. Uh,
1: it was, I, I started on Friday, and it is now fall. <laughs> to, give, to give you an idea of how, how, how long oh, I've been playing. Wow.
0: It does suck up the time. It's so good. I've been trying to get yeah, him to play that- for weeks.
2: I think we uh, we got back from a convention. We were doing an all-day convention here in the UK on Friday. And Saturday to recover, I just blasted my way through winter in Stardew. I was just like, mm. I sat here, I had sodas, I had snacks, and that was my whole day. It was glorious. That it is, is good. <laughs> it is a great, relaxing, <laughs> chill game. So yeah. yeah.
0: And it's perfect for that after, you know, uh, public convention appearance, downtime game, too. Mm. Mm. Mm,
2: definitely. definitely.
0: So, Mark, you've been talking about some of the the the, the conventions that you guys have been going to uh, in in uh, Britain and also Europe. Uh, what's what what's the vibe there for for D and
2: D? Yeah, it's really good. So, I mean, I, I can I think Kim and I can talk a little bit. We were just at a couple of events uh, which are more video game focused, but the mm-hmm. amount of people that were coming up to mm-hmm. talk to us about high rollers and saying that they were getting into D and D or that they were long term D and D fans that you know we're suddenly finding more and more people to talk to about it and it's definitely growing i think D&D was something in the uk that a lot of people didn't really get into for a long time mm-hmm. but the uh, it, in the last maybe 5 6 years has really had this big resurgence it's starting to come up more gaming stores are hosting you know their weekly gaming nights and stuff like that I mean, we're seeing more gaming stores pop up over the uk so yeah it's definitely growing and it's it's becoming a much much bigger thing which is great you know it's just more people for us to talk to all the time yes mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah,
3: I mean, definitely as well, like, Insomnia um, 57 was one of the ones we were at, and that mm. originally was, like, a bring-your-own-PC kind of event. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot bigger now because um, you've got filthy YouTubers like us joining them there. <laughs> but that also has um, a lot of tabletop gaming areas. Yeah. Um, so not quite D&D but obviously like a kind of gateway drug to D&D. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, getting people familiar with minis and stuff like that. So I've definitely seen a lot more kind of stalls kind of advertising it and selling mm-hmm. um, player handbooks and stuff like that. And We had a fair few people coming with their player handbooks and monster manuals and stuff like that asking us to um, sign them which was amazing because <laughs> That's one awesome. guy who literally had his player's handbook he'd seen mark and he'd seen uh katie who are uh, who's one of our other players and he came to me like obviously he walked straight past lewis who's like you know lewis of the Yozcast, cast founder <laughs> of the Yozcast, cast like many times bigger than me and he just walked straight <laughs> past lewis and put the book down in front of me and lewis just looked at me like what, nice. what and he was like yeah can you sign this um, as Juto as your character and like sign it on the page and like Lewis just couldn't believe this I like, this just didn't
2: want his signature and I was like yeah that's great <laughs> my, my favourite story from that uh, convention Kim is the guy that made you sign his monster manual on the creature that killed Juto oh, temporarily he actually oh, got Kim to, to sign the monster that dealt the killing blow oh that's so fantastic so cold animated just... <laughs> suit of armour I was just yep. I
3: didn't know whether to laugh or cry <laughs> you could write
2: some
1: choice words on that monster right there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Screw you. You can write it out. <laughs>
3: Just really drew a lot of stuff on it.
1: <laughs> so, so it's it's likely that a lot of people that are listening uh, here know what what, you know, uh, stream we're talking about. But how about you tell our audience what it is that you do when we're talking oh. about streaming D&D here?
2: So every Sunday at 5 p.m. GMT, we play High Rollers on the Yogscast Twitch channel, which is just twitch.tv forward slash yogscast. Um, and it is a homebrew campaign uh, using 5th edition rule set. And it's based in a, a world I've created called Arak. Um, and is a lot of custom and house rules in it. Uh, a lot of it's to do a lot of it's focused around the, uh, 46 years before the campaign starts there was this magical catastrophe um, a cataclysm where a giant celestial comet was shattered and rained down shards of uh, energy down onto the, the surface below which created these enormous you know some of them were the sizes of cities that crushed entire towns some of them were smaller that destroyed homes but generally it kind of set the world into a panic. It awoke ancient monsters, Uh, you know, it destroyed most of the magic users in the world and so it kind of created this very fantasy apocalypse and the campaign is set about 46 years afterwards and rather than going down the kind of much more negative post apocalyptic route i kind of wanted to drive it down a very optimistic route and it's actually you know society has been rebuilt people have you know rose up out of the out of the darkness and stood as heroes and they've started to you know create new empires and new you know new regions for people to be safe in but the world is still very dangerous and i i love this thing that i remember chris perkins talking about i think when fourth edition was coming out and he used the term of imagine uh, the locations in a D&D campaign like points of light in the darkness and that was very much the thing I wanted to use for this campaign where each town, each city, each location is just a very small ember of, of light in this growing darkness that surrounds them. Um, and that kind of forms the basis of the campaign where it's kind of an old world but with a new government and a new kind of structure in place and people are finding their place in it and there are many dangers that lurk out there um and that's kind of the scenario i set for the players when we were talking about making characters and doing the stream um and yeah we have a we have a cast of four characters uh i'll talk about the guys that aren't on the podcast with us right now yeah. and then Kim talk about her character so we have uh, cam buckland who is played by chris trott uh, of hat films um, and Cam is a kind of traveling nomad. He belongs to a, a traveling nomad family, um, and he is a cleric of Avandra, but he's a very uh, atypical cleric. He throws daggers. He wears leather armor. He's much more roguish, and he very much plays the kind of bumbling idiot uh, that everybody <laughs> loves he's abs- everyone absolutely loves him very charismatic and things like that nice. and then we also have uh Aleth, who is played by one of the editors at the yogs cast a guy called matt to follow um and he, it's his first him and, and he and kim are our two brand new players had never played D before yep, yep, yep. um and matt plays a drow warlock uh called who who is a very mysterious path and he's very much the snarky one-liner kind of guy in the cool <laughs> coat that kind of jumps in and then rolls a natural one on his acrobatics and falls over and that sort of thing <laughs> uh, but he's very kind of he goes for the cool snappy one-liner guy and then uh, we also have uh, Elora Galanadel who is a uh, Moon Elf Druid who's played by Katie who works for uh, Multiplay which is a big events company here in the UK um, and yeah that's kind of rounds out our group and then of course we have Kim who plays da da da
3: you say my name Mark say my character's name
2: Juto words i just, can't pronounce
3: <laughs> you just butcher the accents every single
2: I time i can't do the chinese um, names I'm sorry
3: <laughs> so i'm um, i'm in real life i'm uh, half chinese malaysian so i took a lot of inspiration for my character from uh, a chinese uh i guess like uh what would you call like uh what like a chinese ghost uh oh, cool. called uh and that's the mandarin for it and no one can say it, um, <laughs> no, one, no one I know in England speaks Mandarin, um, so she's a tiefling character, she's a tiefling monk, um, she's very much, I, I play her, I think a, pe- a lot of people were shocked of the way I played her because um, my cast kind of persona is very cheerful and upbeat and quite pleasant and like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Ooh. Um, But uh, Juto is pretty much the opposite of that. She's a very serious um, lone wolf. Uh, She came from a life of servitude and was rescued by monks. Um, uh, She saw her mother and father murdered in front of her by a mysterious dragonborn, who is, (laughs) turns out, is quite uh important in our campaign <laughs> um yeah and um, so she at the moment she's really struggling to kind of get on with the group because she doesn't really understand humans she hasn't socialized with anyone bar kind of um the kind of bad side of dragonborns and teeth like tiefling, other tieflings um so she doesn't really know how to react to cam who's our kind of like you know charismatic chipper dude um so she doesn't understand humans she doesn't really understand elves and and dark elves and just doesn't really know
2: what she's doing with these people. <laughs> <laughs> she's out Batman. She's the, the, I must avenge my murdered parents. Who are very <laughs> serious very much, and dark yeah. kind of character. Yeah.
3: Darkness. No, yeah. parents.
0: <laughs> Do you find that's fun? I, I love that when you're, you, you play a character. I mean, obviously, when you when you're creating a, a Dungeons and Dragons character, it's easy to jump into something that's similar to you as a person. Uh, but here you are in your first, you know, I'm talking about Kim, you're like your, your first game and you chose something that's different from your persona. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I really like it because I think one thing, um, is that I've always enjoyed role play. Um, so, uh, this isn't actually my first game. Well, my first game was like when I was 15. So a long time ago, I'm not going to say.
0: <laughs> it's only like two <laughs> years ago, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah
3: totally. Um, but it was it was so long that I didn't really remember much from it, And um, uh, but I've always enjoyed role play. I've always been into kind of drama and storytelling and that kind of thing, oh, okay. and um, so I really wanted to kind of throw myself into this, and I really enjoy playing someone who's completely opposite to who I am as a YouTuber, um, because it's just more interesting to kind of think, well, how would she react to this, and how would she react to that, and also I think it's, it kind of is a really nice balance in our party because in our party we have Alora, who's like a very happy, lovely, loving elf lady, and we have Cam, who's like a, a happy-go-lucky human um, kind of. Uh, he's a he's a gypsy character, and he's quite uh, he's quite happy, and also a bit of a casanova Mm -hmm. and then we have um the dark elf who's uh, i don't know matt seems to be kind of like opening up to be a bit more of the comedy character especially now that he's discovered he can shapeshift into old ladies
2: Um, (laughs) yeah he took mask of many forms so he loves his disguised self at the moment yeah Mm, his
3: old lady persona is something that has to be experienced so i think it's really good to have quite a serious character who kind of balances out everyone's like super happiness and their comedy with a kind of like I don't understand what, why is this funny? Why why do <laughs> yeah. humans think this funny? And yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying it. And, and also cause, um, you know, it hasn't gone down well with a couple of uh, our viewers cause they're a bit like, Oh, she's so serious. And <laughs> like, she doesn't really seem interested in what the party wants to do. And she's really self-serving. Like a few times I've kind of had Juto just walk away and just be like, yeah, I'm bored of this. I'm, I'm walking this way now. I'm off. I'm done. You know, like mm-hmm. human drama. <laughs> I have no time for human drama. And, um, <laughs> like obviously there is i do have kind of character development in mind of like her opening up eventually to her companions and um you know kind of trying to learn you know what it's like to 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 live with other people and and work with other people once again um and i think it's far more interesting to kind of have that sort of uh aspect to things rather than just go straight and be like hi guys i love you you know Right, Right.
2: Yeah, we've had a very interesting dynamic in the campaign so far. And I think one thing that's really helped Kim is, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff you do on your YouTube channel is very story-based. You know, you love your you know, story-based series. And I think that's really helped with getting into the role-play aspect of D&D. And I think with our other new player, Matt, Matt really was going in blind. He didn't know much about D&D. He'd never yeah. really, he's done acting before, but he'd never really done role-playing before. Mm-hmm. And so initially he started off very quiet and he played the very mysterious character to the But I think over the last kind of you know 12 weeks or so he's really found his you know found his stride and that's where he's kind of been playing the more comedic kind of funny character now and we've already seen the group kind of grow we've had some ups and downs in terms of the characters and the situations they've been in i think kim's character Juto has learned that she can't just go off by (laughs) herself and do everything (laughs) by herself anymore don't split the party uh, exactly yeah. this is one of the, the first lessons that they learned very quickly on <laughs> and um and that and that has enabled us to really have these dynamics and these characters grow and for me that's that's been amazing as a dm because you know I, i've been playing dnd for a long time and i used to play it with my friends at school but it was always more of the game side of things like we would rp but nobody really got into their characters and now right. i have a group who are just you know they really are those characters and we're watching these you know dynamics grow and these rivalries and it's amazing when the viewers get to see, you know, different sides of these characters that they've not seen before. I mean, you know, one of the things that's happened on stream, I did a little uh, solo adventure with just me and Kim when some of the other guys were away. Um, and it tied in very nicely with some of the circumstances happening. I don't want to give away too much, mm-hmm. you know, but we we taught, I, you know, I did this little thing where I kind of did a foreshadowing of some things that had been happening and I showed them what was happening in the world, you know, after some things that they done. And me and Kim got quite teary eyed about it. And you know, oh. we had a bit of a <laughs> bit of emotion on stream. Because I think like, you know, we've just it's been really nice to have character and players who are just so invested in the world and the characters and I think that's really what's helped right, you know, right. sell it. And, well there's a couple yeah. things
0: I want to unpack there but first let's get to yeah, sure. your uh, 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 you mentioned it a little bit like what's your history with, with, with Dungeons and Dragons Mark? Where did you start? You said you started with your friends but was it, yeah. was it something that uh, uh, everybody was doing or was it something that you kind of found as like a, a secret niche?
2: Well it was so you know I come from a you know a really kind of very <laughs> i'm trying to think of the best way to describe it <laughs> very rough area in the uk I <laughs> like a place called essex um and you know it's not oh, like no. you know it was, yeah, I was, you know, proper kind my, of, you know, all right, lads, oh, come on, let's go for a beer, that sort of thing. I've, <laughs> me-
0: I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times in the cast before, but my wife oh. uh, has watched uh, this, all of This Week in Essex, or, or, or how does it go? Oh.
2: Oh. Only
0: way is oh Essex. This God. Week in it- Essex, yeah. oh, God, and it just <laughs> drives me nuts.
2: I can't. <laughs> it drives me nuts because it's nothing like where I'm from. It's really weird. It, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. It seems so uh, uh, put upon. Uh, yeah. They even say it in the beginning, like, this isn't really reality television. It's kind of, halfway in between halfway yeah uh, i know no, if they, so now if they were playing dungeons and dragons i could get you know i could get behind it but <laughs> that'd be amazing absolutely. i know
2: <laughs> but uh, no so like i so where i come from like me and my friends were quite nerdy we were always into magic the gathering and we played you know board games and everything else and i remember me and my best friends from school uh, we would have been probably around about 14, 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd just gotten into LARP. We were going to uh, LARP with a bunch of friends from Games from, from Games Workshop staff that we'd become friends with. And we were going to LARP and we were really into fancy and we were in, into role playing. And we found a, I think it was the th- original third edition starter box in our local gaming store. Mm-hmm. And it was something like 20 pounds. And we all chipped in money together. We all bought it together. And it, it we took it home that day and we took it back to my house. And I opened it up and they all went to get food, and I read all the rules. I just quickly burned my way through it, um, and we played. And I remember we, we finished playing at, like, 2 in the morning. It was on a Friday night, and we just had such fun. And I just turned around and said, right, this is it. We're going to play this every week now. <laughs> and, and then every week became every three days and then as we got older and we went to college it became every day and we would play and play and play and we had multiple dms i dm'd for a period my best friend from back home harry he dm'd for a little while we would take turns and we ran through about two or three campaigns um during the time that we were all at home and, and in school together and in college together um and then when i moved to my first job i got my first job at a video games company here in the uk i was working for customer service and we were all on night shifts and I moved in with a, a house full of strangers. I didn't know any of the guys there. They didn't really know each other either. They'd all just recently lived in together. And they were kind of like, oh, you know, a bit bored tonight. What should we do? We can't really go out. Everywhere's closed. Mm-hmm. And I just said, hey, have, have you guys ever played D&D before? Like I used to run it back home with my friends. Could be kind of fun. And that started a whole new thing of playing two or three times a week with my housemates that I was living with at the time. Wow. Um, and cool. we played, I remember... Because that was just about when the Eberron campaign setting came out and it just blew my mind. And we ran an Eberron campaign for God knows how long. just went on and on and on. And we had crazy stuff happen. And, you know, working in the video games industry, they were all very creative people. And they all wanted to have their little inputs. And we had some really clever game design stuff that we came out with and fun encounters. And that just rolled on and rolled on. And then, yeah, I just continued it. We went into fourth edition and then, you know, I ended up working at the cast. and I said to the guys, you know, quite a few of the guys there that were interested in playing, you know, again, it's very geeky office. We're all into our fancy. We're all into our gaming. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, you know, hey, you know, does anybody want to play D&D? And apparently there were some people who were, in, who were starting to learn and were starting up their own game um and yeah we just got into playing then and then i think i can't remember where the idea came from well it kind of came from you know being inspired by the guys at critical role like matt's mm. a good friend and obviously you know it's done so well and i kind of said like oh man me and chris uh, chris Trott, we were just talking about how much we loved it and how much we wanted to we'd love to do something like that and we just kind of went well why don't we let's let's do something and, and that's kind of where high rollers came from
0: did it take a lot of uh, uh convincing from the rest of the cast were they more were they supportive
2: well, considering that we do it on a Sunday when nobody wants to do anything, that kind of
0: helped. That helped.
2: Yeah, that kind of helped because we were looking at doing a streaming schedule, a regular, a regular streaming schedule, and over December we do a thing called the Jingle Jam, which is a big charity live stream where we stream every single night. And on one of the nights, I sat down with the guys from Hat Films and I ran a Star Wars Edge of the Empire game, and they just loved it so much, and and all the fans loved watching, you know, a role playing game on stream. So when we came to pitch High Rollers you know, Terps, uh, Mark Turpin, who's our CEO, was just like, yeah, if you guys are willing to do this on a Sunday, like, absolutely, go ahead. You know, who do you wanna play? Who are you gonna use? What do you need from me? And and it just all happened, really. Um, and then uh, after the first couple of weeks and, and it went really well, he then decided to drop 400 pounds on, you know, a big box of minis for us to use. So, <laughs> nice. you know, it's gone very well. It's, yeah. it's worked out quite nicely for us.
0: Wow, 400 bucks, that's a lot of minis.
2: Mm.
1: Not four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, four hundred pounds. pounds, right? So that's like six hundred so like bucks. Six yeah, hundred, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot of minis. <laughs> wow. So, here, we I've mentioned- never
3: seen Mark so happy.
0: <laughs> 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 like, I, know, I bet there was money. hours of like sorting out each one, uh, uh, you know,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: putting them in order by height.
2: <laughs> well, I even went through. I found like we were recently we've been doing a big office clean, and I found a bunch of people had lo- uh, somebody had loads of copies of Dungeon Command, like the board game. the tile mm-hmm. set that uh-huh. game? Oh, and yeah. I just went through those, and I just I was like these haven't been used in years, and I just started pulling the minis out of them and putting <laughs> them in the box. I'm just like, no, these are mine now. I'm <laughs> having
0: these. Yeah, those are great when you need, like, I need an orc party, or I need drow. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I've got there. They're fighting some orcs soon. I don't have any orcs. And then I just spotted the orc. Uh, Grumsh, dundas, the Eye of
0: Grumsh, is that what it's called? The Eye
2: of Grumsh, yeah, exactly. And I just was like, this is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Pulled all of that out. I was, was doing amazing. that for
0: when I was preparing for my Underdark campaign. I was like, oh, nice. here's my dryaders. Here's uh, all these <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just I love uh, uh, the tactile element of of miniatures in a game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've um, we've been quite lucky. Like, uh, so uh, Kim actually had a fan send in uh, a mini. Uh, it was a while. It was before High Rollers, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was
3: before we gave birth to High Rollers. Yeah, they sent it. I think over Christmas or something like that. Mm. I'm not entirely sure why, because I never really mentioned before that I wanted to do D&D, but it was just really <laughs> well timed.
2: But it's um, just like a really yeah. great little puff. Perf- custom mini of kim you know more of a human kim than a than a judo kim but Mm -hmm. it worked out really well It's like my uh,
3: minecraft character doesn't it like yeah that's it yeah it's based on your minecraft character so yeah
2: yeah so and then we've got you know people like chris and katie who are other players are really talented at painting and they painted up custom minis of their own i did one for matt who i don't think he's touched a mini in his life (laughs) when i presented it to him he was just like and you made this? You painted this? What is this? I'm <laughs> surprised. So that is was this a nice. tiny yeah, human? <laughs> you have created a tiny me. Wow, We've me you trapped you your, your essence.
0: We've trapped your essence within this small miniature.
2: And if it ever breaks, you will die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Works.
0: I think you're starting a whole new, a whole new mythology here. So, uh, so I love that idea. Uh, going back a little bit to what uh, yeah. you were talking about, the world of Iraq and and it being a cataclysm and and the points of light. I I loved that idea too. Uh, about uh, yeah, I guess it was used in the descriptions of, of fourth edition. But yeah. I love running campaigns like that, where there's there's very little civilization, or or the civilization that is there is 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 to the extreme, or needs to be to the extreme in order to survive. Mm. Um, and uh, I just think that. You you made me think about how uh, some kind of apocalypse or some kind of damaging thing that happens to a fantasy world is like so important for Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I, I it, you need to have stuff for people to find that's ancient and nobody. Some people may not understand it except the, for the players' characters. And yeah, then,
1: it's yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like if you look at the evolution of Dungeons and Dragons, the game. Generally, when we have another edition, there's some apocalyptic event yeah. and mm-hmm. it's and, you know, it's not always received very well. This, this last time for, for, for the edition, we didn't do that. But <laughs> when you have your home campaigns, it's that sense of ex- exploration and and yeah. just discovering new things that's harder to do if you've got this, you know, super long standing campaign setting that everybody knows everything about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love what hearing it- those those kinds of stories.
2: Well, it was one of those things where I think when I... Because um, I came up with a campaign idea a long time before High Rollers. It was kind of sitting in a Google Doc I have of just random ideas. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was reading through the the 5th edition DMG, and it has the table of, you know, uh, shake-up events, I think it's called, of like these, you should have like two or three things during a campaign that shake everything up and one of them's the cataclysmic event and i started to think like oh what would that be how would it happen what would come about from it you know and i had the idea of this cuz in the universe a, it was a celestial comet it was actually a planar comet that goes across the planet and it for i think i had it for for 1200 years it continually rains down positive energy so you know people get healed and the crops grow and there's no one dead and you know Everything was lovely and perfect and wonderful, and then on its thirteenth hundred on its thirteenth century, it gets destroyed. And what? And my the thing that I always do, and I give this as advice to people when they they ask me on the stream, like you know, what do you advise for making your own world? I'm like, ask the question of like, what would happen if? And for me, it was the what if you suddenly took away this wonderful peace and prosperity that everybody had. And you you plunge them into chaos. What would happen? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you can go two ways. You can go the dark, you know, post-apocalyptic, everything's barbaric and savage. Or you can go the optimistic way and say, well, you know what? It did erase a lot of stuff, but there is also new hope that comes from it. And that's kind of the angle I wanted to take with the High Rollers and the Lightfall campaign. There is a new hope. (laughs) It is. Yeah, pretty much, Yeah. (laughs) oh man did oh, anything awaken recently yeah <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. i might have a, i might have an empire strike but the <laughs> funny thing the funny thing is is that could absolutely happen in our campaign there oh totally yeah because like, cam off. has got
3: some pretty tricksy stuff about him like he glows every now and again guys like he's, yeah, he's a glow. so um, that's, so i guess yeah. we can
2: probably reveal it because we've started talking about it about on the on the in, in the actual game itself but for one of the players uh has a homebrew class a uh, homebrew race which is all to do with the the celestial comet that passed over, and when we were sat sitting down to make characters, um, he was thinking of being a human, and I just kind of proposed to him. I was like, "Well, look, I've got this this custom race I'm thinking of making." Do you want to check this out? And, you know, showed it to him. And it's actually proven really interesting because people have really gone nuts for it when it's happened because I've not explained it at all. And when we introduced the character, we said he was human and everybody was like, what's (laughs) happening? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Like, I think that's great for the audience, like, to have this mystery that that they're trying to work out as well. And seeing all the theories and and everything else is really great.
0: Yeah, I guess that's something I've never... uh, uh, had to do in a homebrew campaign before when you know there's there's the suspense of or making it yeah. like a a lost or a story, um, mm. uh, you know a TV show that has all these mysteries to it, uh, but that's got to be really exciting for the for the audience to to trade their theories back and forth.
2: Yeah, and I think the players as well because we've not I've generally kind of kept it quite compartmentalized. So there's things with with Kim's character, for example, that. Uh, she and I know that maybe the others don't know. There are things I know about the character that she doesn't know. Uh, There are things about other characters, you know, that other people don't know. And so there are... Even amongst the group, they're kind of like, "Wait, what?" and they'll look at each other, and you know, there's these moments where there's genuine surprise, and I love that. I think that's the best thing you can do, like you know, really surprising everybody at the table with a, a kind of dramatic soap opera. Your who's and, you know, Those moments really make really sell it. So,
0: Kim, have you have you uh, experienced a few of those moments? What's what's that been like?
2: Um. Definitely, like, I
3: don't understand what Cam Buckland is about. I don't understand his glowy thing. Because Mark brought the glowing thing in, like, quite early in the campaign when we were fighting our first boss. And I did something quite unusual in... uh... Uh, well, oh, yeah, uh, it, right. I kind of had to like summarize it, but basically we were fighting a giant tree um, <laughs> and I kind of like went up to the tree and tried to get inside the tree and then Cam followed me. And then when he was inside it, he started doing the glowing thing. And me just being brand new, this was like two sessions in, I was like, is that a thing that humans are meant to do in this? Is that what clerics do? Normal? I don't understand. Um, so it's definitely like my, I've got a little notebook that I have and I've got various, uh, notes that I've kind of outlined and drawn circles around going don't forget you saw this about cam, to cam. <laughs> um, so and then there was another a further thing when I did the solo campaign where I um, uh, so I had a, a, a master who was kind of uh, could see everything and, and she kind of dropped a, a hint about him saying, oh, he is a vessel for Paylor's light. And so I, I wrote that down in big caps. And um, I've only just managed to kind of get back to Cam and ask him about it. And he was still being very mysterious about it. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to kind of figuring out what's going on with him and I mean Alora is pretty straightforward you know she's an open book really um, yeah. but trell as well Tra our dark elf <laughs> has some he has some dark stuff going on like you know so, not just the fact that he lived underground but
2: just but, really yeah, <laughs> quickly to start drilling, you know. Kim is my favorite person in the group for taking notes she copied an entire map <laughs> I gave them I gave out yeah. a handout for a map. And Kim just copied the entire thing in case I didn't let them see it again. Oh my gosh. Like, there was just this worry, this fear that I would take it away and never see it again. I so she really copied the whole new thing. To
3: all of this. Like, it was I just great. wanted to I make sure it. I had all the notes. And That's... I wanted to figure out as well where we needed to go next and stuff like that. <laughs> I've had a
0: player like that too who who took more extensive notes at the table than I did. Uh, yeah, no,
2: exactly. <laughs> like I, I remember looking at. She actually
0: gave me her notes after we finished a campaign, and it was uh, this pad of graph paper that was just filled with. She was an artist too, so she had like a very fine handwriting style, oh, wow. and it was just pages and pages. And it was like this happened and this happened, and I tried this, and then that, and it was like, oh my god, I can't believe you t- you took like such amazing record of, of, of our campaign. It's it's fascinating. Well, it, yeah, it worked out
3: really well because we just had a session where uh, I had my character interrogate someone, mm. and because we had. I think two weeks between the um, episodes because we had to go to the convention. Yeah. Um, I think everyone had pretty much forgotten everything. So when <laughs> I, went, I was looking back through my notes, I went, "Ah, but how can you say this that you're not a member of the Broken Sky when you have their tattoo on your <laughs> wrist?" <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and then are like. like
2: the prosecution rests. (laughs) Kim might remember a lot more than I do sometimes. So I'm like, yes, that's that's
0: good and bad for a DM, isn't it? Where (laughs) the dungeon master's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we'll just say that your memory is better than mine. There may be some inebriation that's happening and not making me remember.
2: Nah, that's the thing. I try and like, because we get, I think with high rollers we've had, cause a lot of people that initially started watching it, you know, were watching it because they were fans of Kim or Chris. they they're kind of really visible in, in the Yogscast community. They've got their channels and they've got their audiences. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that initially started watching high rollers just knew nothing about D and D and slowly more and people have gotten into it. So we get quite a lot of questions like, you know, I'm thinking of starting a campaign or I want to do this. And I think one of the big things that I, and it, maybe this is wrong with me. I try and convey them like, don't write too much because you will have to make up a lot Hell of stuff yeah. on the spot and you know like i think over preparing is just one of the things that can really kind of stumble a a new dm you know just kind of you have to go with the flow and so much of our campaign has ended up being that for me like oh my god these guys just go off the rails sometimes and it's like well (laughs) just toss these notes behind me like let's go folks (laughs) maybe
0: i'll get back to it in like five sessions but maybe not yeah
2: exactly yeah
0: No, I I definitely – that's something that I struggled with when I was uh, a a new player and a new DM is because you want to – I don't know about you, but I was such a huge Tolkien fan uh, and read the index indices in the end of Return of the King and Silmarillion, and I was like so impressed that he had written so much material that didn't actually – you know, have a huge factor in, in Lord of the Rings. It's just this background stuff. So that was where I approached world building was mm, you needed yeah. to have everything figured out. You needed to have a map and this map and everything, you know, had to be set in stone before you even started, you know, if you were writing a novel or, or, or starting playing a yeah. game. And... Uh, whenever I didn't do that, I felt guilty. Like whenever I didn't yeah. have that stuff, I felt like I was just a hack and making stuff up as I went along. And it wasn't until I got here at Wizards about a year ago, and I, there was a uh, a seminar that Chris Perkins ran, just talking oh, about wow. about how you know how he approaches dungeon mastering and 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 mm. his his journey with it, and, uh, and and it mirrored mine a lot. Where he th- he had thought that you know he had to do all this prep and 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 figure it all out, and then it, it was only now when he has had really come into his own as as the the quintessential dungeon master in many ways yeah, that he's like I, I I write some notes and I have a basic idea of what's going to happen to the thing but I don't spend more than fifteen minutes working on that because yeah, that's the same invariably you'll have to you'll have to switch it up and change it up and and he says it's made him uh, a better dungeon master and the sessions have been more fun for it. Mm.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean Chris, Chris's, you know, the acquisitions Incorporated stuff was my kind of first interact, you know, seeing you know Chris in the flesh, and then mm-hmm. seeing his DM skill, and you know, since then reading his articles and all the 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 DM advice articles that he used to write, I can't remember the name of them, Christ, um, but yeah, like you know, all of those name, uh, all those articles, that really was what kind of set me on that path, and then yeah, all the, the behind, behind the behind
0: the screens ones, that behind you're the about? screens ones, those yep. are the ones I'm trying to think yep. of.
2: So reading all of those, and then. Again, And seeing that advice mirrored with Matt and Critical Role as well, that really kind of settled it with me. And I was like, yes, this is the way I should have been doing it. Yeah. And just doing things like improv classes as well. Because I, I originally trained to be an actor, I was going to go to like drama school here in the UK and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing improv classes was the other step for me where I was like, oh... I can just make stuff up. This is amazing. Right, right. And then also collaborating
0: with your players. And I'm sure, Kim, you give back so much to the DM, and then it becomes this great back and forth storytelling instead of just uh, uh, a one-way street.
3: Definitely. And I think I, I w- wanted to go, give a little shout out to Mark, like cover your ears here because this is going to make your ego swell. <laughs> Plug them up. Mark really is like an incredible DM. And I think all of our High Rollers community will agree with this, that his improv is top-notch and like the worlds that he describes and the characters he describes and the characters that he brings to life with his many talented voices are amazing <laughs> and we've definitely thrown some incredible curveballs at him um with things like well my character dying and him having to create a whole new area like you know like that so that people would yeah. like run to it straight away and then like i mean this session like i threw another curveball where i stopped in the middle of battle and i was like I want to talk to you guys. Like, send a message back to your leader. I want to meet up with them, and like, I could see Mark, and he kind of had his impassive face, but there was a tiny little twitch under his eye. <laughs> um, but he he set up a scenario that was amazing. That we were certain we were going to walk into a certain situation, and it was completely different in a really interesting way. So I think, yeah, like Mark really has improv. Nails, and also when we've had like kind of uh dm with character interactions um mm. they've been amazing because whatever we throw at him as a character he just bounces right back at us and like really creates these hilarious moments like you know when we've had folk kind of interacting with um with his uh or orc brethren mm. when we've had you know like cam trying to chat up someone and hilariously failing with dimitriv <laughs> and trell like when trell was <laughs> disguised as a creepy old lady who wants to show this kind of russian uh shopkeep her Bikini tattoo. Oh my good God. Like the improv was insane. And then when we've had the more serious moments, like with Juto interacting with this kind of um, arboreal plane master and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, cr- all credit to Mark. Like he is insanely talented at creating the world and maintaining it and just working with all the crazy stuff we throw at him. All
2: right. But you-, you guys have also, sorry, I was just going to say, but you guys have also given me a lot. Like when we made characters, like, So much of the world was developed around ideas you guys came up with during character creation. So like, you know, you would say, well, actually, what about this? And I kind of wanted this to happen and we can build and, you know, I've built on that since. And that's really created a lot of the stuff that you've encountered as we've gone along. It's just, you know, taking stuff from you guys as players that you wanted to do or your characters had in their backstory and developing the world based around those. Like That makes a big difference, I think.
0: So okay, good. You took your fingers out of your ears. That's that's good. I'm glad you were able to, <laughs> to at least hear the last few uh, few words that yeah, he said. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Just a constant. Like it is. It's very much a collaboration. I think it's so cool to watch. Uh, you you have uh, the entire cast has made it like uh, uh, an entertaining. Uh, you know, I, I I just love the idea that now Dungeons and Dragons is entertainment. Uh it yeah, yeah. is what people mm. want to sit down and watch on a Sunday night or a, a Thursday night. Uh, that's it
2: people love it as well like it's just it's blown us away at how popular every you know not just i yeah. all the other streams as well you know i mean just everything is just like i love the fact that we have entered almost I, I i always say it's kind of like a new era of like you know mm-hmm. people just thinking D is really cool and something fun to watch you know even if they can't play it themselves you know they can watch people that they enjoy playing it and have still have a good time
0: and i think it's also i mean you mentioned how there's a lot of people who have uh, watched High Rollers uh, because of the Young's cast affiliation. Didn't even know what mm. Dungeons and Dragons was. You know, it was a, mm. a you know video game audience, and they're being introduced to it and shown mm. uh, that. I, you know, I think the video streaming element has has shown them that it's not something to be intimidated by. It's not something that yeah. is 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 hard to do even necessarily. It's all it takes is. The ability to play pretend, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, obviously, you uh, you guys are doing it at a, at a super ultra high level, as you know, a lot of other streams <laughs> are. Um, but you know, and, that, and that's that's something to strive for. That's something to 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 want to get to. But it's 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 nice just seeing the example of of people playing. Um, and yeah. I, it's I mean, something I mentioned on the past uh, on the podcast a few times. But you know, there's something about text uh, in the old Dungeon Masters guides, and you know, the the seventies and eighties that just couldn't really convey what it was like to play a Dungeons & Dragons yeah. game. It tried. you know, tried to, to kind of give it in a script format. Um, but there's just something about watching not only just a session but watching a whole campaign mm-hmm. unfold yeah. over video that is oh, just fun. bringing it to a totally different level.
2: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think you're right. Like being able to see it played out and, you know, all these rules. Like I think if if new players look at a, a player's handbook, you know, they're just like, oh my God, there's so much stuff. But when you actually see it in play, it's so simple. It's so easy to understand. Um, that yeah, you're right, it's, it's just they, they, it's not intimidating anymore. You take away the, the stigma and, and you take away the, the scariness that a lot of people think it will be mm-hmm. and actually you just boil it down to we're a bunch of friends playing pretend and sometimes yeah. we roll dice to see if that works and if that doesn't <laughs> work. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then, and, then sometimes and you die. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. you die and- and then sometimes the DM has to find ways to bring you back <laughs> and that's fine. Because and that you just works. can't stand the
3: fact that one of the players is staring at you with pleading looking eyes. You, <laughs> you
1: can't let <laughs> me die.
2: <laughs> well, the, the funny thing with Kim, because because Kim has hasn't played like any recent editions of DnD. You haven't played for a long time. Like you no. genuinely thought that was it. Like I remember you came yeah. up to me and you, and you apologized. You were like, "I'm so sorry, I've ruined everything." I was like, "What are you talking about? It's <laughs> fine. It's yeah. really fine." I know. Yeah. In
0: some ways, I mean, and and uh, even the people who are being introduced to this through through video streams, mm. uh, I'm jealous of them, and I'm jealous of of, of oh. you, Kim, in, to a certain extent, because you're coming to this. Completely new, you know. Like I, I think she's a lo- played before, though, right? Yeah, but even then, but like you know, A long
3: time ago, though. I like I I would consider myself a newbie now. Oh, okay. So much okay. And, like yeah, I would, I'm 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 <laughs> Because
0: some of the wonder of Dungeons and Dragons is seeing or, or having a monster described to you and not knowing yeah. what yeah. it is yeah. or, or or what it can do or what the best strategy is to defeat it or or, or, or any of that. And and you know, uh, I think veteran players like to to have that knowledge and be like, oh, that's a Tarask after the DM's says like two words you <laughs> yeah. know but there's something really fascinating about or, and, and exciting about being a new player and getting that information is being like i don't know what the heck this is <laughs> let's figure it out in in game terms you know
3: yeah I've definitely been staying away from monster manuals and things like that because I'm just like, I'm really enjoying not knowing and I really enjoy not knowing kind of what I can and can't do. So I think one of the real benefits of High Rollers is that myself and Matt are completely new to this, whereas we've got veteran players like Mark, Casey and Chris. So those guys know what they're doing, but we're kind of still going like, oh, so, uh, Kim Kim, the player here speaking what does this mean how does resurrection work how does armor work and stuff like that but that really works for our new viewers mm-hmm. so like the, the people who are uh, classically cast fans who have never played D&D mm-hmm. because it means they're learning with us and they're breaking yeah. this down with us and like and then the older players might you know may, might have forgotten a rule or something like that and, and then like you know, it's. I think it's a really nice dynamic that we have both within the group and within the community of like, you know, having us two who, who need things explained to us, but also throw in some really weird curveballs of like, I'd like to do this now, please,
2: mm-hmm. and just yeah. sitting
3: there going, "What? Which can do about that? That <laughs> <Yeah>. damn."
2: <laughs> I was going to say, Kim. You, you say that you know the the older players might forget rules. I read the subreddit after we stream. They don't. They correct me on so many yeah. things because I get a lot wrong as well. Oh sure. Sometimes you know, yeah. I go back and it's like, uh, actually, Mark, you forgot this. I'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, thanks, guys, and I'll like correct it. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say, yeah, that like, on that last point you were mentioning, Kim, like, I think you and I think you especially, you are very being a new player. You will try stuff that you know. You'll say, well, actually, I want to try and do this thing how do I do that and I love that because I think sometimes with veteran players we do get caught in a thing of like you look at your character sheet and you're like right I've got these abilities and I've got these spells and that's what I'm going to do when actually you can do what the heck you know whatever you want to do and you know I love that you'll come up are you jumping out of windows and like barricading doors to keep swarms out and you know trying to charm you know the death dog rather than trying to fight it (laughs) I love that I love that though because it's stuff that you know you would you should try and do and it makes it more entertaining and it makes it more fun you know and, and I think that that's you know the the like like Greg was saying like I envy that because mm-hmm. I do get caught up in the thing of like oh well I know what this monster is and you know I'm going to use this spell because that's the most and I wish I could almost forget a lot of that stuff so I can be more like that.
0: Yeah. Uh. And that's why I drink heavily every day to
2: <laughs>
1: forget all those things.
2: To
0: forget all those things.
2: All right, <laughs> Listen, kids, try this. Kids, <laughs> yeah, kids like we're not it. telling
0: you to drink heavily <laughs> yes. because you don't want to <laughs> no. be like Greg. No, don't <laughs> be like <laughs> me. It's true. Yes, I'm. I'm a oh, cautionary tale. Many, many every Greg, day.
2: Don't every worry day. Greg, you didn't see me at uh, our recent LARP event. I I was drinking very heavily there. They had mead <laughs> and it was glorious and amazing. Oh,
0: I do love me. <laughs> Show. Yeah, it, it's sweet. It goes best. right to your head. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks guys so much uh, uh, for taking the time, especially from 11 p.m. to 11:47 uh, p.m. Yeah. Your turn. Your <laughs> no, time. You guys no. do not sound like you're that tired.
1: So good
2: job. No, I'm buzzed now. Like this conversation <laughs> has really buzzed me up. That's D&D, awesome. Getting excited up. about D
0: D is awesome. It's true, man. Now, you, now, and and Kim, you can go back to Stardew and
1: make sure you plant all of your uh, 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 yeah. plants. Get ready for the the season. <laughs> Nice. Uh, before we send before we send you guys off uh, I know we've talked about it but where can people find you on Twitter on your, your cast everywhere where, where can people find you and watch you
2: yeah, so uh, for High Rollers, uh, it's every Sunday at 5 p.m. GMT on twitch.tv forward slash yogscast if you'd like to watch it. But we also have all of the streams go up on a channel called Yogs Live on YouTube, and there's a playlist there for High Rollers. You can watch all of the streams previously up to then. On Twitter, we have at High Rollers DND, so it's High Rollers DND. Um, and for myself, I'm I'm Sherlock underscore humes at sherlock underscore humes on twitter and you can generally that's the best place to find me really uh, in general i'm always there
0: <laughs>
2: lurking, lurking away what about you kim
3: uh i am on at nanosounds on um twitter so that's uh yeah Nano uh and i'm yachtscast kim so yeah just bung that into google and you'll probably find me yeah. somewhere yeah. somewhere around
2: there I wanted to. I want to apologize as well because we've recently done a competition to win a player's handbook, and I had people <laughs> tweet there that what they love about D and D and tag Wizards underscore D and D. And I think I might have spammed up your feed quite heavily. It was. It was we, all good. It's all. It's okay. like I, I made a
1: joke about it. I think my podcast before Before I. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Or even in this intro, right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah in this intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's it's seriously it's awesome seeing people excited about D and D. So I don't worry about that at all. Uh, you did also, the right I thing
0: think, instead yeah. of it being a, a canned response. It was all people coming up with uh, awesome things that they loved about Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. that's. That's, that's always, what
2: to do. That's always yeah. good to
0: spam a feed with that, for sure.
2: Nice. Okay, cool. All right, I did feel quite guilty. I was like, oh, God, are they going to bring it up? Are they going to, like... Oh, I brought uh, it up. Help me <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, way. but exactly. seriously, it,
1: it, was, it was... I was doing other stuff, and, like, every time I would look back at my feed, it would be like, here's why I like D&D. Here's why I like D&D. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah right.
2: No, that's all good stuff. Thank it you, guys. Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for having us, guys. It's been amazing. Yes. Yeah, thank and thank you. you for all the support with high rollers as well. Like, you know, sending us stuff to give away and everything else and, and all the support has been amazing. It's genuinely been a bit of a dream for me. And uh. I've been a, a Wizards D and D fanboy for a long time, so this has been amazing. Well thanks
1: <laughs> to all of you for being one of the cool places people can go to to what Greg was talking about, watch D&D and and learn how to play D&D and just see what it is to play D&D. So we will will keep giving you cool stuff.
0: Especially, you know, and being uh, the the, uh, proselytizers to the UK. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, as as you had said, it didn't feel like it was always uh, uh, something that was... It was different than America, where I feel like America always had that Dungeons & Dragons thing from the 70s and 80s and now it's yeah. grown slowly over time in the uk mm-hmm. so i i just love that and i want to i want to explore more and uh yeah. and hopefully in, the, in the, yes exactly I was I was Just in no, no, we're, we're just
1: gonna get the, the company to send us out yeah that's actually we <laughs> yeah, just want to like, we just want to <laughs> come and hang out
2: come and <laughs> awesome. hang out seriously Let's come do over it. do a show come stay an extra week we'll show you around some proper castles we'll show you <laughs> you know <come laughs> yeah, guests guest on high rollers i want to get you on as, as player guests um, and yeah, we can show you some proper history and and some some cool cool stuff here in the UK. All right, oh, we're awesome. talking to our bosses. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah, no, right, <laughs> no, awesome, love it. We'll Absolutely. call them right now. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, you guys. So much, guys. Have a good night. You too. Thank you so Thanks much, guys. for
0: having us. No problem. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So that was awesome. It is. It's so good to hear from uh, uh, people in different uh, yeah. countries and areas, uh, learning about Dungeons and Dragons together. And having fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was—it's interesting, like the, the geek culture explosion that happened here, where it was like cool to be geek. It didn't really happen as much in the UK, so uh, it's awesome to kind of hear that—that that, that's that D and uh, It's people in the UK have always loved D and D, but now it's a little bit more mainstream than it used to be. So. Right, exactly. And then
0: there that's was awesome. there was competing uh, uh, games and stories mm-hmm. and properties, and uh, uh, now Dungeon Dragon seems to be like kind of at the yeah. forefront, which is cool. It's in everybody's brains, and everybody's ready to to. To it all, and I love that everybody's doing it in the video. Like, yes, you know, I, I meant what I said, in that it's it's really sparked this new uh, era.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, I know we talk about podcasts and streams a lot, but it really is like this this age of entertainment as far as D D goes. Like, you don't have to worry about. Oh, look, I'm going I'm to role play, but I might feel silly. It's like, and you go watch a stream of people doing it. And yes, their production value might be better and all that stuff. But really, someone does something on the table and it's silly. Everybody cracks up, they have a good time. It's like, yeah, you're going to do something silly. And it's going to be awesome. Time. <laughs> and it's totally cool. So just put yourself out there. And it's, it's, it's really cool watching people do it.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, for listening. If you loved uh, this podcast as much as, as much as we like doing it, uh, let us know on the iTunes. Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast needs your ratings and reviews. Uh, I know I mentioned it a lot, but the only reason we do that is so that more people get to see and listen and hear about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so, uh, And we're always interested in your feedback. If you have great ideas for guests uh, or uh, people who have done amazing things with Dungeons and Dragons, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can message me on on Twitter, I'm at Greg Tito.
1: And I'm at Trevor underscore uh, Watsi. And then we also have the main Wizards D&D Twitter account, which is Wizards underscore d and so.
0: Yeah, and that's where you can get all of your uh, Dungeons & Dragons news encapsulated in one place there. And then, of course, Dungeons & and the Dragon Plus app on your phone. Uh, and that can be Android. It can be iOS. Or it can be on the web. At dragonmag.com.
1: Speaking of streaming, we currently have our own show that's streaming uh, Tuesdays. Tuesday afternoons between 4 and 6 uh, Pacific Daylight Time, because that's what it is. Yes. Uh, so don't miss that. Chris Perkins is running a uh, stream of Curse of Strahd with a whole bunch of awesome YouTubers. Not YouTubers, but uh, streamers. So. Streamers and YouTubers, yeah. And YouTubers both,
0: yeah. Or as, as Kim mentioned it on this podcast, dirty YouTubers. Dirty, yeah. Dirty streamers. <laughs> dirty streamers. I'm <laughs> awesome. not sure what that means, but uh, uh, they're the plebeians, I think.
1: They're, the, they're, they're ruining everything. I yes. I guess if you were like the 80-year-old people. In the- <laughs> I don't know.
0: Bad, but that's true of all Dungeons and Dragons in general yeah we ruin everything yeah it's true that's how it works. but all thanks right.
1: again everybody for joining us check us out on iTunes give us all your comments we like your comments and we like you well that's debatable I don't know half of you out there man. well I, like, I probably like most of you I like most of you <laughs> except <laughs> that guy You know who you are yeah alright well, th- <laughs> thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time okay bye bye